it's me, Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, from all those Jay and Silent Bob type pictures, man. And I'm breaking the silence to tell you that you're listening to the Buff and the Blazer podcast with Drew and El Tato. Enjoy the show, kids. Hey, El Tato. What's going on? We got a podcast of Buff and the Blazer. If I was a listener, where would I go to find more? You can check us out on our website, thebuffintheblazer.com. Drew over there writes an article that goes along with every single episode. You can find all kinds of little extras on the articles, and you can listen to the podcast right there. Also, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, we're on Twitter, at Buff and Blazer. Follow us there. Get those clicks, people. The Buff and the Blazer. Welcome to episode 70 of the Buff and the Blazer podcast, the show where we break down and discuss movies old, new, everything in between. I'm Drew, and once again I'm joined by my good pal and co-host, Mr. El Tato. What's going on? What's going on, man? Nothing. It's a little warm. Yeah. It's to warm up. We're recording this one at night. A little bit different from our normal routine, but uh, I kind of like it. It's a little cooler here. Got the window I think open. I have more energy at night, so maybe I'll be a little more enthusiastic than I normally am. Me too. Me too. I'm maybe more of a not. night person. Since this will be coming out tomorrow, happy Mother's Day. Yes, happy Mother's Day. All the Day. moms out there. I just got home from seeing my mom. Yeah, we got something going on tomorrow, too. Yeah, moms make the world go round, and we appreciate That's them right. on the show. Uh, before we start, though, and before I reveal what the movie is that we're talking about this week, I got to address something last week. About oh, do you got a did you got Pinocchio. a flub? So no, no, no. Well, not a flub, but more of an addition. So oh, the Buff and the Blazer addition segment of okay. last week's episode on Pinocchio. So I had mentioned that there's a film coming out, another Pinocchio film by Guillermo del Toro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's totally com- coming out, but oh, it's that's, it's going to be real. stop motion. Oh, so claymation like stop oh. motion Pinocchio film. At the same time. There's another Pinocchio film coming out. That's the like one for one live action remake of the Disney Pinocchio. And that Ooh. is going to be directed by Robert Zemeckis. We did, we've done one of his movies before, right? Yeah, and I don't know. I can't remember what I remember that name though. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's done all of like Tom Hanks's most amazing films like Forrest Gump and mm. <laughs> So Castaway. we got a little Pinocchio trifecta coming this year. Huh? Yeah, so it like it comes in bunches. And get this, so Tom Hanks is actually going to be in that one. He plays Geppetto in that movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so it's just like, <laughs> it's funny how it's like everyone's on the Pinocchio train right now. Cool. So yeah, just a little bit of a, an right. addition from last week's episode. But I can't think of a better segue into the film that we're doing this week, going from the fantasy genre. Like, let's jump right in and transition smoothly into Cold War era. <laughs> Eastern Europe. <laughs> so the film that we're discussing this week is The Courier. And it is directed by Mr. Dominic Cook. And I think this was like another sort of theatrical slash digital release 
Yeah, I didn't hear a word about it until you brought it up and said, hey, we're doing this this week. Yeah, so it was like advertised on iTunes pretty heavily. And it has some like pretty big talent in it. It has Benedict Cumberbatch, it stars him, and Rachel Brosnahan. She's like really big too right now. So it was intriguing when I saw the, the cast list. And then I, I really didn't have much of an idea of like the setting or backdrop of the movie until I started getting into it. And I thought it was interesting that it's kind of this like spy genre set in the like during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. But anyways, that's the film we're discussing. And yeah, we both recently saw it digitally. Saw so it last you, night. 20 yeah. bucks. Twenty dollar right. rental. It's one of the twenty dollar. Did it just rentals. come out, or because it's got twenty twenty on there? But did they just release it? It says March nineteenth on uh, oh, IMDb, okay. so it's fairly recent. Yeah, so let's jump right in. I mean, what did you think of the Courier? All right, so I don't really know how to judge this movie. Interesting. Okay, because the whole time I was watching it. I was like, damn, this is good. The shooting is cool. There were some really cool shots. Yeah. There was some interesting wide angle, almost like fisheye in the beginning of this movie that I don't think I've seen once since we started doing the podcast. Okay, okay. So that caught my eye. There's some fantastic acting. Yeah. The storyline is based on a true story, so it has that interest to it immediately. But the whole time, I was kind of like left... Being like, this is a really, really good movie, but I'm just like not that pumped. (laughs) Does that make sense? I feel like you're roundabout saying that the movie was a little boring. I mean, so like I was hoping for some action. I get you. I get you. There was none. (laughs) That's There's not one fight scene in this movie. And like with a spy movie, I want a little bit of action. I get you. I get you. And then from the storyline... There was, like, no mystery to anything. Like, with a spy story, you're kind of, like, trying to figure shit out, and the story can be weaved together in crafty ways. I get you. bring new things to light. And this movie, basically, like, you know the whole plot and where everything's going. There's not one surprise. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, left being, like... You know, from a technical standpoint, this movie hits all the beats, but I just feel like it was pretty mundane in the execution. I get you. Is that fair? I think that's fair. I think you're hitting on something that I felt too, where I was like, the story was interesting to me because I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, same. And don't get me wrong, like, the events of the film are interesting. It's a heavy kind of topic. But like you, I was. I wasn't as entertained as I was expecting to be. <laughs> it's it's a little bit anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. And I guess commenting on your point about you kind of know where the story ends up, you pretty much do, but the only thing you're not exactly sure of, if you're not familiar with the history of it all, is do they survive and who yeah. survives? And that's pretty much it. How do we want to handle spoilers in this one? Um, it's fairly new, and it's a historical event. All right, let's not... We can get through the meat of most of the story, but let's not give away the ending. Okay, cool. How about that? Let's agree. Because there's not really anything plot-wise that we can reveal. Right. Because like the name and the, the, 
the the short you know little bio of the movie basically tells you the entire plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we won't give away the ending. Okay, cool. So yeah, overall, like you, I was impressed with the craftsmanship. I thought it was really well directed, really well acted, and I just thought, despite it being a really interesting story, I almost this is like crazy to say, but I almost wanted them to like. Hollywood the film up a little bit more <laughs> like is that totally disrespectful to say it might be because I'm the same way it's like not one fight scene it's like you got Cumberbatch doing push-ups and sit-ups the whole movie let him kick someone's ass at least yeah. once even that you know I know that doesn't really play into his character but like, yeah yeah or maybe you know let Penkovsky kick someone's ass just once yeah <laughs> You know? Yeah. But I mean, that's, I guess that's just like my personal taste. And <laughs> I, I just thought it was funny that you mentioned that too, because that's exactly how I felt. Well, there's but like yeah. no mystery to it. It's a spy movie and there's like no mystery to anything the whole time. Yeah. And that's, maybe the, that's what really got me. Maybe the problem is, and it's not just us saying this either. It's everyone else that's talking about this movie is labeling it a spy genre film. Maybe yeah. that's where where we're going a little bit wrong. Maybe maybe it's not a spy film. Maybe it's more of like a suspense. I mean, it's listed as a thriller too. Yeah, thriller, spy suspense. thriller, and it's not very thrilling. Yeah, and like I've seen a few documentaries on like Cold War espionage and spy tactics and stuff like that, and this seems like totally in line with some of the stuff they discuss in those documentaries. Like, like nothing real James Bond, more of just like. You know, marking light posts and stuff, and handing yeah, off marking light posts, and... a really, right. really cheesy camera, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. like a microphone, right? <laughs> That's like the extent of the spy material in the whole movie, which yeah. is like pretty <laughs> underwhelming, right? So, I don't know. Well, well, let's dive into the story a little bit then. Okay. So, well, let me ask you this before we actually like go into characters and stuff and like start talking about the meat of the movie. How familiar familiar are you with like the events of the in general like the Cuban Missile Crisis? I mean, I've been it's it comes up in every US history class. Yeah. In elementary school, middle school, high school. Yeah. But <laughs> This is kind of funny. I remember I was in a hotel once and I was flipping through and there was an X-Men movie on. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, There's an X-Men movie where or X-Men movie where like they hijack the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yes, yeah, Days and, of Future Past, I think. And they make it play out with like Magneto yeah. and and yeah. Professor Young Ewan McGregor, Professor X. I haven't seen the whole movie at all. I don't know any of the context. Uh, but like those two things, like I know the Cuban Missile Crisis happened. I know you know, people hail, J it was JFK, right, for being cool and not overreacting. And, yeah. And it not becoming uh, the end of the world, you know? Right. But in terms of, like, details and stuff, mm -hmm. and I've said this before on the podcast, I don't pay much attention to fairly recent history, like, yeah, at all. Yeah. Right. So... I don't know much about it. I know it happened. I know generally what it was, but then that's kind of mixed up with that scene that I watched on Netflix or on X Men. <laughs> so, 
So like, I don't know how much of what I remember is is true or not, you know? Okay. <laughs> well, I can tell you Are that you Magneto wasn't Are you pretty familiar with it? Uh, more or less, more or less. Um, what I wasn't familiar with was that I I had no idea that we had intelligence that far in advance of this even happening. I thought the way they always make it sound is like, you know, one day we flew a spy plane over Cuba and boom, there were missiles and we were shocked about it. But like, it seems like we knew this was going on from the events of this movie, like at least pretty far in advance. So that's, yeah, that's a couple of years, me. right? Yeah. Something like that. Right. So the whole movie takes place over four years. Yeah. 1960 to 1964. Right. Right. And the Cuban Missile Crisis happens in, like, mid to late 1962. Yeah. So that part I was really interested in when I was watching this film. And it's, like, it's kind of a shitty story, right? Like, it's kind of a downer. So <laughs> This movie? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, like, you, you understand the stakes of it all. But it, this film does a good job of painting the picture of, like, how expendable people can be. And, like, I get the stakes are high. Like, I get it's during this, like, we're on the brink during this time, like, at least on the, in the West. And, but that was kind of the, like, the feeling I got after the fact, after the, the credits started rolling. I was just like, man, they probably saved a bunch of people, but it's still shitty, like, in terms of how dispensable people can be when, you, when, you know, countries use you like that, like, to... I mean, are you surprised? I'm not surprised, but I, what I'm saying is, <laughs> is uh, they do a good job of showing like yeah, even the British side, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it? M. MI6? MI6. Or yeah. What? Yeah. MI6. They seem like a bunch of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Don't add us, MI6. <laughs> They're uh, not painted in a pretty good light in this movie at all. No. But there, there were a few moments where I was like, okay, that, that's decent. I like how you try to throw some decency in there. But overall, I thought it was pretty shitty. Like, I just thought the way that they were kind of wasted. History's like a dark place, brother. It is. I don't like <laughs> it. Hey, there's not a lot of feel I want to go back to Pinocchio Land. The deeper land. You, you dig into history, man. I want to go back to Pinocchio Land. Right? <laughs> Let's go to early or late nineteenth century Italy and <laughs> hang out with some hang out with some human. puppets. Yeah. Some marionettes. <laughs> oh man. Alright, well so the story gets going and we were introduced to Greville Wynn, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. What did you think of uh like his role in all of this? I thought it was an interesting, like I, they kind of get into how he becomes part of the, the story, but I thought it was an interesting choice of like going with this guy, this like just everyday businessman, English businessman. Yeah. I like it because it's, it's uh pretty realistic, right? Yeah. Because they obviously tensions are really high between the East and West. Right. And Everybody's spying on everybody. Mm -hmm. So it's really one of the only ways that the the outcome of the movie that we can't really talk about. Right. It's really the only way the outcome of the movie is possible is because he's like a dude, a regular businessman yeah. dude, which I actually really liked and I really enjoyed. Like I said, the details and, yeah. you know, the actual story I was quite interested in. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't like hyped on it. Yeah. 
And then, so towards the end of the film, we get some footage of the actual uh, person, the actual gravel win. When you saw that footage compared to Benedict Cumberbatch, did you have any thoughts? Were you like, hmm? He seemed like a pretty cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> in that short, what is it, minute and a half clip that he's in. Right. He seemed like a pretty co- cool, cool, like under pressure guy. Yeah, super even, mellow, it seemed like. Yeah, and like after going, what? Fuck, we can't, no, we can't dig too deep into this or we'll spoil it. <laughs> well, yeah. So for, I know we're kind of jumping in between like character and story, but after watching Benedict Cumberbatch, because I remember like Benedict Cumberbatch for me, I think of Khan from Star Trek Into Darkness, and I think of like Sherlock Holmes, and I think of all these like sort I don't have of any reference to that Star Trek. Yeah, it's it was a movie he was in like in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Even like Doctor Strange, right? He plays these sort of, not sort of, he plays these larger than life characters. And he has this look about him, like, he, he almost looks like a badass at times in this movie. Like, he just has a look about him. And sometimes it was like, I know he's, he's, and he's acting really well, too, and he plays the, like, everyday Joe Schmo kind of guy in this movie. Like, someone that's just concerned with his, his work and his Business family man, life. Businessman, you know? Businessman. And for me, there was just something about his look where I was like, yeah, I love you as an actor, but I don't know if I completely buy you in this role, like, as this normal dude walking around who's, like, almost in a sense timid and, like, you know, not not uh, too well-informed with the 1960s spy, so, yeah, like, <laughs> spy scene. I have kind of the opposite take because I don't have any of that baggage with him. Oh, cool. So let's hear I that. Haven't, I haven't seen... Star Trek or yeah. whatever. I haven't seen the Sherlock. I haven't seen Doctor Strange. Almost all of my reference to Benedict Cumberbatch is like late night TV shows, you know, like Fallon oh. and <laughs> okay, and uh, Jimmy Kimmel and stuff. Like the interview shows. Yeah, like where he's getting interviewed. And then he was briefly in 1917. He has like what five lines in that movie or whatever. Yeah. But I thought he played this role great like i was i totally bought it the whole time particularly initially like when they have the first meeting when when he's meeting with uh the americans and the right mi6 you know Mm -hmm. i totally bought him and that was actually a a big element of the story that i really liked was was cool his character you know yeah because that's basically the whole movie is Basically, how he gets wrapped into this, and then right. how he comes out of it, you know. Yeah, 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 and that like my comment about that is not to say that he didn't do a good job acting in the role. It's just like when I see him, I see like Khan from. Yeah, Star Trek. and we talk about this all the time yeah. on the podcast. You know, <laughs> right. like everybody's got baggage. Yeah, totally. But for me, not having any kind of like preconceptions about the characters that he's played, I thought he was awesome. And and like I said at the beginning, man, like I totally liked this how he's the whole story of him you know yeah yeah i will say don't you think they could have like made it a bit more mysterious but i don't know there's like not a lot to figure out in the movie no i like i think they told a straightforward like yeah and you know i wouldn't be surprised if they actually did hollywood this film up already like with some Hmm. of the details but like so so part of the the film he's he's recruited and he's kind of this He's literally like the courier. He's the courier of classified Russian intel. 
that's Stolen being traded. information. Mm-hmm. That's being traded, or not traded, but taken back to, to the UK for the Brits and the Americans. One of my favorite, like, scenes slash moments in the whole film is when he first goes over to the Soviet Union, and he's kind of like, he's there posing as, like, a businessman, and he's going out to, like, the ballet with his you know, Russian, like, business counterparts. And then they, they come back to the U.K. and do the opposite, and he's taking them out to, like, what's the nightlife area scene in, in the know. U.K. They that just they go, reference? I think he says the West, the West End. Side, West End. The West End. But they just go out and rage party. Yeah, and just get, like, drunk and... Twist. Yeah. Do some twisting. Right. <laughs> so I like that. The, the movie has light moments like that interspersed, and it's kind of like... It's needed because the subject matter is so heavy. And it's, I guess it's no surprise that those were like some of my favorite moments in the movie. Yeah, I kind of felt like, and I think this was probably intentional, but I felt like he, the whole time he was, all the time he was in Russia, to me, he looked suspicious. Yeah. You know? Uh huh. Like a total fish out of water. Total fish out of water and like. I felt like that element of the movie really gave away the culmination mm-hmm. pretty bad, which yeah. might be intentional, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Let I me mean, ask you this. I don't think this is a spoiler. Well, spoiler warning, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Were you surprised that they didn't figure out what was going on sooner? At least in the timeline of the film. Okay, so are you surprised that the Russians yes, didn't figure out what was going that's the on question. sooner? Yeah. So I kind of think they did, mm-hmm. and they were along for the ride. Oh, because they right. were quite well prepared at a certain point of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I. That's what I'm getting at. It kind of like gave it away pretty early on. Okay, I guess. Like you. he looks suspicious. You know, <laughs> yeah. he looks uncomfortable. Right. And like. From the homeboy side, the Russian guy's side, Oleg, or Alex. Yeah. He likes being called Alex in English. Right. <laughs> I felt like he was fucking being really suspicious, too. Yeah, it is kind of suspicious when you're, like, two business partners and you're walking the streets late at night, like, randomly yeah. all the time. In a place where everyone's watching everything all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get you. But I don't know. I mean, the stories, these, I I guess the point is, to me, what I'm getting at, what we're kind of talking through here is like the stuff that I feel we were shorted, Mm -hmm. the action, the mystery, real, the real spy stories aren't, aren't that sexy. No. And this is a much more gritty, realistic look at the story. And I can appreciate that, you know? Right. And then I think on top of all that stuff, like the, the thriller suspense stuff, this film is very much a a story about the two main characters, about, you know, Melville, or Greville Wynn, and Alex, Oleg, and, and about, like, how their relationship ends up evolving and ultimately lasting to the end. I thought that was kind of a big sort of connecting thread throughout the whole film. Yeah. And, and they do establish, like, a pretty a pretty solid relationship once the film starts going and then gets to the, the very end. Yeah. And I, I want to bring something up as a callback to an episode where I talk some shit on uh, loyalty being presented as a virtue. <laughs> Remember? Okay. Yeah. Mulan? Yeah. Yeah. 
So Oleg is the hero of this movie, Alex. Uh-huh. Penkovsky. Yeah. And he is the hero in real life. Right. right. If you are of the opinion that, that nuclear war was averted and you think that's a good thing, he's a perfect example of loyalty not being the highest of virtues in the grand scheme of everything. Don't you agree? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the, the best example you could give. And like, there's a virtue on her sword. Bravery is another one, right? Uh-huh. He's super brave. So you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's certain virtues that out outvalue other ones. And he yeah, is not loyal at all. He's loyal to like good or the right thing. Yeah, he's loyal movie, to which is pretty which is a pretty beautiful message, you know? Yeah. I like that. So it's not like loyalty loyalty on its own is 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 a bad virtue to have it's just like no but there's plenty of examples where doing the right thing means not being loyal right exactly yeah you know what i mean yeah no i i take that mulan i like that i like that (laughs) so we we mentioned that or you'd mentioned that the film is completely predictable (laughs) yeah which it it, to be honest it, it is kind of predictable so I'm assuming you expected it to the characters that bit the dust, bit the dust. I'm I'm assuming that you you saw that coming from a mile away. Oh yeah. Were you convinced? Uh, even even when like the big climax happens, and we won't say what it is. Yeah. But where they both automatically find themselves in a different situation. Yep. I even knew how that was gonna end up. Okay. Even not knowing the true story. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right. And I, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to give anything <laughs> away. But I, I did see where that was. But it didn't really bother me. Yeah. Because, like, the the freaking acting in that part of the movie mm-hmm. was insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. after the big kind of shift in this movie, mm-hmm. Cumberbatch is, like, award-winning acting. Oh, dude, he's so good. He's really good. Well, I mean, we can't. I mean. We can't there... give that away, dude. Yeah, is there anything That's else like the you wanna... only thing that gets revealed, you know? Yeah. Like, I kind of think this is a natural segue into character, but was there anything else you wanted to discuss about story before we move on? Like, what, what I mean, was a moment in the story that, that you enjoyed or, or found particularly interesting? I mean, the the heavy part of the story. Yeah, the, the like, super climax. After the shift, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I enjoyed the most. That's yeah. where it, that's where okay I'll say that's where it like hit me the most. Yeah, totally. Right? Cuz like the there was no kind of like the first hour and 10 minutes of the movie or whatever, hour and 20 minutes whatever it is. Yeah. There was no like thinking really hard mm-hmm. or getting clues. Right. It was basically just like, oh, this is what they're doing. Yeah. And they're doing it for a couple of years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But then once it shifted, I was I still knew where it was going, but I was like a bit more emotionally drawn in because it's heavy as fuck, you know? Totally. And like you said, it's really well acted. I think yeah. that's that's part of the like that's the main part of the for your consideration reel. <laughs> <laughs> if they ever <laughs> I don't think they would submit this, but uh it's it's off season, but yeah, totally. But let's segue into character now because I think it was a real strong point. Throughout the film, in my opinion, but yeah, let's let's start with with Cumberbatch. Let's get him out of the way. We we talked a little bit about him. He's fantastic in this movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, 
there's a certain there's a certain uh, commitment level that he hangs his hat on. There's yeah. Certain other actors that have are famous for doing it. Right. You know, I I won't give it away, but he does it in this. Yeah. And that's just like a physical thing, but there's also I didn't expect to see that to be honest. I was it like got dark fast and I liked that and his, yeah. he his character kind of like how will I say this? Sticking with the plan mm-hmm. is is pretty impressive. Yeah. Super impressive. <laughs> like cuz he's really they're really conveying to you that these guys have talked about things and what what to do in certain scenarios. Right. And under like the the most insane circumstances. He's he's that businessman, you know? Yeah. Which is super impressive and you can see him holding that weight in the whole latter half of the movie or latter third of the movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the scenes where he starts to break a little bit in the personal life. Those were some like highlight moments I think for him in this movie when he's like starting to feel the strain of being involved in all of the the spy game. Can you uh, imagine that? I thought they did. He really kind of showed a realistic depiction of probably what somebody who is a spy. I guess that the whole ass kicking stuff, when it's not in there, it makes you feel way more for what that person is going through, I guess. Right. 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 Yeah. And then the other side of that coin is Oleg Penkovsky, played by Marab. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. I'm going to kill it. Ninadizi? Yeah, we'll go with that, sure. Because I'm too much of a coward to try and pronounce it. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not super familiar with his filmography, but the guy was fantastic. And I think he he was a nice sort of foil to Benedict Cumberbatch's character because Benedict Cumberbatch is the fish out of water, kind of not keyed into all the spy stuff whereas Oleg is totally tuned into that world he knows the stakes of everything he understands what's going on there yeah he's a high clearance guy and he's got his shit together 100% of the time and he's totally like like high ranking in the Kremlin so he's like yeah totally on Khrushchev's staff and everything so I, I, I liked how both of those worlds collide through those two characters and their interactions like they're once they start befriending one another and actually getting to know each other. Those were moments that I actually really enjoyed too in this movie. I thought they were pretty strong and they make you care by the end. Like once you get to that climax. Yeah. And the fact that he's got the cover of it, it's his job to steal American and English scientific and, and intellectual property. That's like his job. Yeah, is so crazy. Like it's so crazy that that yeah, it's that's why it's a true story, right? Yeah, you couldn't really think that up because he's got like this sneaky cover within. Like it's his job to like get assets in the West. Mm -hmm. So he automatically has his like foot in the door to having this, but to keep it from everyone, even your wife and kid. Yeah. He's like such the the hero. Yeah, totally. He's such a hero in history, you know. Yeah, and it's nuts. Like, I I was never exposed to this story, so I had no idea. This yeah, was, same here. This was a thing, and I I don't know if that's because it's like 
holdover from that like Soviet era where it's just, you know, they're not going to mention anyone from that regime at all. But yeah, the dude's like a fucking hero. <laughs> dude. Well, there's also another, there's another Russian dude that like got orders to launch. I forgive me. I don't know his name or anything, but I've heard. Oh, about I'd heard of the story. Yeah. He was like in a, you know, in a launch facility and he got orders to launch nukes at some point and he didn't do it. Yeah. And it, I can't remember if it was like a false alarm or whatever. Shit. But yeah, got some Russian heroes going on in the old Cold War. Yeah, yeah, it's not all black and white, like people would like you to believe. <laughs> yeah, and I thought this movie painted that picture pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely more of a uh, like do the right thing, regardless of what your politics are, and I like that. Uh, I thought he was great as an actor. I mean, I couldn't think of like a more looking the park guy yeah right you know like you totally buy him as the old like soviet colonel yeah yeah really really good uh what did you think of rachel brosnahan she was really good and like i wonder how much of like the character characters that we saw in the movie Mm -hmm. are like really what went down you know yeah but she was uh I mean, it's hard to, like, look at the characters and not think about it in a true historical context, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. She's an Emmy winner. She She's okay. huge on this show called The Marvelous. I don't know if I've ever seen her before. Yeah, she's she got huge from the show called The Marvelous Miss, Mrs. Maisel, and she's okay. fantastic in that show. She plays, like, a, a stand-up comedian, like, female comedian in the 60s. Okay in like New York and it's oh, it's just such a good show. I'm like a huge fan of hers. Um, she's like a strong strong woman in the 60s in this high ranking. She's a badass too. Yeah, she's uh she's yeah. got way more balls than the the MI6 guy. Yeah, and at some point like her character at least becomes more attached to <laughs> the British. A, yeah, the British yeah, the British asset. Right. She gives a shit about him more than the British do. Yeah, more than the Crown does. So I thought that was interesting. (laughs) And then we also have uh, Agnes Wright, who plays the the British, I guess, MI6 representative that works with her. Angus or Agnes? I think it's Angus. Angus, sorry. Angus Wright. And he's like another... I couldn't think of anyone better to have in that role. He looks like the total... When I think yeah. of someone like MI6 official, real-life British intelligence person, I think of someone like him. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh, you know what it could be? It's just the accent, maybe. They just sound cooler. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, he was, like, really kind of measured and calm and trying to be the rational player. And he has a line, like, once things kind of go awry and Rachel Brosnahan's character comes up to him and she's just like, you were right. I liked the moment where he was like, you were right, too. Like yeah. We had, we had to try. Right? Like, he kind of paints... <laughs> he he really gets the point across with that line that, like, he knows what the right thing was to do at all times, but, like, he's weighing everything. Yeah. Like, and and for them, like, just cutting, cutting the old Cumberbatch loose was like, huh? Yeah. It is what it is, you know? Right. But he knows that's wrong. But like, as when you're when you're working for like the security of a whole country, yeah, things change, right? Right. Um, and then uh, we had a return. Yep. So Jesse Buckley, 
Yeah. She plays uh, the wifey. <laughs> Sheila. Yeah, Sheila. And she does such a good job again. Um, so we did I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and I loved her in that movie. She's really good again in this one. And I, I loved how she conveys that, like, that concern and the weight and strain of their personal relationship so well. And she just thinks the whole time he's having like an affair. Yeah. Um, she goes through quite a bit, quite a roller coaster in this movie. Yeah. And, uh, I got to hand it to her for some of the, the heavy shit. She's in the, basically the heaviest scene in this movie. Yeah. She's, she's equally in it with Cumberbatch and it is some, Really impressive stuff from an acting standpoint. Yeah, for sure. So it was nice to see her again. And then I guess I'm trying to go through the cast list here. It becomes a little bit more uh, like supporting characters after yeah. that. But yeah, all the like the main players, I think, in the cast that we really spend time with, I thought they were all fantastic. Kind of, was this movie up for anything or is this missed the cut timeline It, it missed the cut, I think. So this will be, so they're in that kind of like bad zone, right? Yeah, they're in right kind of after like or right during. They're just like just too late. Because uh, there's some pretty damn impressive acting in this movie. Yeah, I thought so too. Like from a timing standpoint, I bet Cumberbatch is pissed because <laughs> he he puts on a hell of a performance in this movie. He does, man. And the thing I like about him too is like on a dime, the dude. He's just very versatile, I think. And even though, like, maybe I didn't completely buy him in this role because I'm so used to seeing him as, like... He plays this really sort of menacing character in Star Trek called Khan. Okay. And he's just kind of, like, this super strengthened, like, human character. And he's really scary, like, in that movie. And I I always (laughs) see him in that role when I see him. Like, that, that look he gives... I see Khan. <laughs> and then on the other side, he can I'm, be like I'm Sherlock. I'm glad I don't have any of that. Yeah, it's crazy, him, dude. I totally bought him in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's great. Like, don't get me wrong. I love him. He's he's really good. But yeah, any last comments on, on any of the cast? Was Did I miss anyone that should have no. stuck out? Shout out to a uh, random ticket person at the, uh, the airport <laughs> terminal in Russia. <laughs> I love all the goons. I mean, we can't yeah. call them out because most of them don't even have lines, but I love all the Russian goons. All the Russian goons. I love the uh, the passport stampers. And the, uh... <laughs> right? They're so intense. <laughs> yeah. Like, everything's so fucking intense in Russia. Oh, dude, it's it's still like that. Like, I got such mad stares coming back from even just, like, South America back home. <laughs> they just got to stare at my picture for, like, two minutes and make sure it's me. I'm like, I promise you it's me. It's <laughs> Man, I get through... I get through customs and shit pretty easy. Yeah. Every country I've gone to. <laughs> I've got hassled more on domestic flights in the US than I have flying really? in international, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well you're one guy one guy was giving me and my lady some shit when we were trying to leave England at the airport and it was because we looked like complete trash. We were up drinking all night the last night before we came home. We were like an hour, have an hour of sleep and totally drunk still and like trying to get through security all flustered and hungover, you know? 
that's the only guy. And I, I, that's all I said to him. He like pulled us aside and was asking us all these questions. Like, how long were you here? What were you doing? And like, <laughs> I was answering all the questions and he was like, why isn't your, why isn't your lady? Why isn't your wife saying anything? And I was like, dude, we're like completely hungover. I was like, we're on like one hour sleep. And he, and right when I said that, he was like, oh, okay, guys, just go. I was like, like we are a total mess right now, you know. Uh, you're like, yeah, that uh, that ale you guys got here, it's it's pretty potent. <laughs> Cumberbatch didn't have any of those problems. Yeah, he got through. I don't know. <laughs> Different time. All right. <laughs> Sorry about that segue. I'm drinking a bit more. It's nighttime, so. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we run as tight as we can. <laughs> all right. So uh, shifting into another really strong point of this movie, I think, is yeah, like the craft, the cinematography, the FX, the everything, everything visual. This movie definitely had a particular look to it. And I think that, from my eye anyway, it's pretty drab and dreary visually there's a lot of like palette wise yeah for totally sure. a lot of muted colors a lot of gray sky i mean I, it takes place in the uk and russia so i understand that but aside from it like you know just being the way the setting is i thought it also added to the atmosphere of the movie like there were some shots in here that looked really kind of interesting and one that stands out to me is when they're meeting and it looks like a parking garage and they're discussing Alex's fate and what to do about it and you got a lot of this like shadow stuff going on and like there's a shot of of Cumberbatch and he just looks kind of menacing and it's it was an interesting choice I'm like the way they're framing this dude and he's playing like you know this businessman but he looks like larger than life in this moment with the way they light him with all the shadows and stuff I thought it was really cool there was a lot of shots in this movie that I thought were really cool yeah that there was a like a full blown like fisheye weird wide angle thing in the very beginning of the movie, just in one shot. Uh huh. That was super cool. Was it the and one I, where I can't even remember what it was, like what the scene was. I just remember I was like, oh, I never see. Was it like someone walking into a building or like yes. a headquarters? Yeah. And you kind of start from like the steps up into the I, building. I think it was, was. I think I know uh, what you're talking about. Rachel's character. Yeah, yeah, I know Emily exactly Donovan. what you're talking about. Yeah, and it was like a total, it like went through some hedges, right? Yeah. And it was like a follow shot, and it totally like was like fisheye wide angle. And I was like, I don't think I've seen, I see that in like snowboard and skate videos and stuff all the time. Yeah. But like I can't, I was thinking, it made me think immediately, like I don't think I've seen anybody do that in any of the movies we reviewed. Right. And it was like, and then there was like just a ton of interesting choices like that all throughout the movie. Yeah, and like one I'm thinking of too, and it's not even anything nuts. It's um, it's just something that that visually they it adds a little bit to what you would consider a standard, like two shot almost. And it's when he's out to dinner with uh, Rachel Brosnan's character and the 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 other English uh, MI6 guy, and they're okay. out to dinner and they're they're basically dropping like dropping the skivvy on like his mission and like why they they're trying to what they're trying to get him to do. And you have the like side, the side medium shot of him on one end and them on the other, and then the camera like does this thing where it like slowly, once he he realizes what they're asking him to do, the camera yeah. like slowly pans to him and then starts to go in on his face and turn. Yeah. And 
it's very simple. It's not like complex or anything, but you never see that in a shot like that. Like what would be a shot you see hundreds of times, thousands of times in your standard movie. I've never seen it done that way. And I thought that was really visually interesting. I felt that was like a bunch of that in this movie. Yeah. Like I felt there was like tilting Mm -hmm. all the time on a lot of the street scenes, like very slight tilts and stuff. Yeah. When they're walking around Moscow. Yeah. I just felt like there were so many things that stuck out to me throughout the entire movie where it was like, that's totally different. Mm -hmm. And it kind of adds like a different layer to the movie, right? Because the story's not really drawing you in that hard because you know where it's going. Right. And you're really pumped on the acting, but like the, the way it's shot, I thought I found, you know, more interesting than the story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have to shout out this other, it's a, a, a visual effect shot. When we get the, the view of the U2 spy plane and the lens of oh. the camera as it's oh, flying yeah. over Cuba and yeah. you get to see the missile silo through its lens, like the reflection of its lens. And then you get the perspective shot of the actual camera. Yeah. I thought that was so well done. Yeah. And that's just like a little, a little snippet of the movie, right? Yeah. It's, and it's maybe like a six second shot. If that. Yeah. I just thought it was really high production value too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Really well done. And I'm almost willing to bank that a lot of the, uh, the shots of them like walking the streets of Moscow and stuff like that, like at night, especially I bet were probably those 50, 50 CG, like real sidewalk kind of deals where they enhance the background with, with CG. Okay. I could totally see that. I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. So, and if that is the case, which I'm like speculating, yeah, the effects were done so well, like you wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of effects. No, at least not like obvious. I'm so, trying yeah, to think, I, is there even a gunshot in the movie? I don't think there is. I don't think there. Oh, there is. There is in the beginning. There's a, uh, Oh Yeah. Okay, I remember it now. Yeah, there's one. Yeah. And I liked how just in your face it was just like, boom. <laughs> kind of adds to the, uh, it adds to the stakes, I think. I like when I notice that things are shot differently. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing how, and a lot of times you don't even really have to look at it. It just sticks out when a scene plays out and you're like, something about that looks different from almost every other film I've watched. Yeah, the camera has that effect. It, it can just totally change your perspective, literally. And yeah, this film does that a lot. There's probably some pretty sweet stills of this movie. Oh, yeah. Like the parking lot scene that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, looking at a screen capture right now, and it's that scene. Yeah. And it just looks like the way they lit it looks epic. <laughs> There's <laughs> like a lot of re- super interesting lighting choices, too, right? Yeah, totally. Like there's some major shadow action in a lot of the dialogue scenes. Yeah. And that plays into that heavy dialogue. Yeah. It plays into that spy genre, I think too. Yeah. The whole uh, espionage thriller thing. So I thought it all kind of melded well together, uh, visually and with the story they were telling pretty solid. Let's transition. Let's talk about, uh, the score. I, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I actually liked it a lot in this movie. Cool. There was a lot of that cool Russian stuff in there. Yeah. And I, I believe the composer is Russian, too. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally enjoyed it. Yeah, there's something... Um, it, it does sound very Russian, but there's something kind of like oddly... Like, I don't know if it's the right word, but quirky about the music. But it yeah. matches how like ridiculous the stakes are for what it's scoring. And I thought that was an interesting contrast. So I got a question for you. What's up? Because I can't remember. Yeah. The heaviest scene in the movie. We won't give it away, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any score during that scene? No. Okay, I don't either. I'm pretty sure it was silent. For as booming as it, as it is in most of the movie, for mm-hmm. it to be silent at that part yeah means way more you know yeah and the composer's name is abel korzanowski i thought it was a really effective score and i loved the mixture of like the ballet music too yeah, i man. thought that was really cool um, grew up in a ballet house i've been hearing that shit my whole life yeah what did you think about the those sequences it was cool russian ballet right is like the the it's epitome big deal. Of, yeah my yeah. yeah both my parents were ballet dancers in Europe, not too long after this, so wow, yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, about a decade after this, I guess. So yeah, a, a good amount after, but not far. Yeah, from, but yeah, it was cool. And the second ballet scene, the first one is is cool. Yeah, and it's like kind of like kicking off the stakes, right? Mm-hmm. To Cumberbatch's character, yeah, it like totally. He realizes the weight of the task he's taken on at that first ballet. Yeah. But at the second ballet, they both realize the their fate. Yep. You know what I mean? It's another kind and of it's heavy super scene. Super heavy. Yeah. The music is booming and the it's all face, right? Yeah. For those two characters. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really, really good scene in the movie. Could you I don't know how familiar you are you are with ballet, but what play or what ballet uh, I don't was know. Okay, all right. Because I'm sure, I'm sure it's one that's that both of my parents would know. The second one song started, one note played, they would know what it was, you know? Yeah, and it almost felt like it was one of those deals where they're trying to parallel, like, what's going on in the ballet to the story. Like, yeah. that's being told with the music blaring, like, <laughs> intercutting the, the scene. You see that in a lot of different films, and I thought it was... That scene in particular was really powerful. There's no dialogue. It's just, like you said, it's all visual. Again, I think it adds to the stakes. Yeah, it's it, it's heavy. Totally. As far as, you know, what I usually hate in movies, it's not. It's kind of similar in this, but it's it's so well-timed and suited with everything. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah it's definitely getting a point. It draws <laughs> you in a lot, right? Because I guess yeah. you got to make up, like, with how cool the, it's shot and how kind of awesome the music is worked into the story right it makes up that you know where the story's going the whole time yeah absolutely right right i don't know (laughs) that's what i ever since i saw it the whole time i just i'm having a hard time figuring out how to score it or how to rank it yeah no I, i thought it was really effective yeah heck of a job all right well let's uh get into our Typical wrapping up segment of the show. Love, love hates. hates. Maybe I'll start this time. Yeah, yeah, you go yeah, first. We always start with, with you, but I'll give it a go. I almost love everything about this film. It's so well made. And I think, <laughs> like, amazingly, my one knock on it, because this would be a strength, I think, with most films, is, like, it almost seems so realistic 
that I'd have a hard time watching it again. Mm. Like yeah, at least well, for for pleasure, anyway. But yeah, there's not a lot to no. unlock. You right. Know, there's not there's not Easter eggs and shit lying all over the place. Yeah. There's no <laughs> nothing nothing real big or huge in terms of like captivating sequence or anything like that. So there's not a whole lot of that Hollywood going on. Even though this there there probably is that we're just not not uh <laughs> aware of. But having said all that, I think there's a lot to love about this movie in terms of how it's made, the performances, especially like the the crafting of it, all the cinematography, the effects. It's just a solidly made film and I got to give it to him. I mean, even though at times I thought it was it was a bit maybe too grounded where I was like, you know, like you expecting things to happen and looking for a little bit more, I guess, pizzazz and action. Um, <laughs> I still think it's it's a really strong film. And I'm just trying to look here at the Rotten Tomato score. It's at an 87, so certified fresh. But you're on love hates. You sound like you're about to spit out your. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Like, I could I could see why so many people rated yeah. it fair, uh, gave it a fair rating. So, I think there's a lot to love about it. And your hates? Nothing hates. Just get an explosion or something. Let's... Yeah, once, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get I like love... a, a suitcase bomb or something that goes off. Yeah, something. One thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love the heavy, heavy, heavy scene at the end. All right. More than anything. Yeah. It's really good. And to be fair, most everything else in the movie is really good, too. But that scene the most I liked. Cool. And I don't really have a hate. I almost feel like I got to give props for not putting action scenes and stuff in. I get you, yeah. Even though, like, I found myself wanting that while it was going. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. It was like a really slow wave. Let me ask you this real quick. Because the whole this movie is... was like a really slow wave and then crashed, you know? Yeah. I want to ask you this because this is something I think you like about the film. Did you ever think that the film got overly heavy at times? Or do you think it was like just no, what it was? Like it was I thought it was pretty well representing how heavy yeah. it is in a in a when you view it in the historical lens, right. you know? Yeah. Okay, cool. And that's why I come back to I think I gotta give props for that, for not going over the top and busting out a parking lot fight scene where Cumberbatch fucks up like six dudes. <laughs> <laughs> That was still would have been sweet, but yeah, I got to give props. So it's not really sweet. a hate. Talking about it made me kind of change my opinion. Okay, sweet. But what about buckets of popcorn? What do we got? Oh, okay, yeah. Let's break out the buckets of popcorn because I think it gets it gets a few of those. So story, I'm going to give it a full full point because actually, you know what? I'm going to give it half. Oh. I'll give it half because... Oh, man, I'm really torn on this. I'll give it half because it's interesting. It's a story I didn't know about. But, I mean, it ends up where you think it's going to go. And maybe maybe there's something they could have done in the writing to have you question that a little bit more in terms of, like, where everything ends up. So I'll give them half there. But the story is captivating in terms of the actual events. So I'll give them half. Acting characters, I'm going to give them obviously a full point because it was fantastic. 
Cinematography FX gets another full point because I thought it was really well made and it looked incredible. Score gets a full point. I liked it. So what am I at? Two and a half? Where your feels at? I liked it. I liked the film. That's four and a half, eh? Yeah. And I'm just thinking in terms of rewatch value, like I'm almost inclined to give it half on the feels because Ah. this isn't a film I'm going to keep going back to like because I love it so much. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think that puts me at like a four, which is for me, I think still a really solid score. Fuck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A little wishy-washy right there from Drew. Dude, that's how I've been feeling. To be fair, that's how I've been feeling about this shit since I I turned it off. I was like, well, fuck. Yeah. Keep rattling that in my head. Like, yeah, I'm running through each category. Like, it was awesome on this one. It was awesome on this one. Yeah. So I'm basically in the same boat. I'm going to give it bong load for characters for sure. Mm -hmm. And the acting. Bong load for... Oh, the cinematography and how it was shot and all that. It was, I was super interested in that more than the story, right? Okay. So it's getting a full. Score's getting a full. I usually don't like the big orchestra symphony stuff, but I liked it a lot in this. <laughs> and that's probably because it has like, I have like a connection to that type of music. Yeah. From my family, you know? And then, uh, so that's three. Mm hmm. On the feels, I did like it, and I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I learned that story. Yeah. But I was never, like, pumped. <laughs> so I'm, You know what I mean? So I'm going to give it, like, I did like it, so that's, like, a half a bong load. <laughs> and then I wasn't pumped, so I'll take away a quarter, but I learned something. So we'll go .75 <laughs> on the feels. Okay. Right? Do you get my reasoning there? I get you. I get you. <laughs> And then on the story, I'm going to go a half. All right. Because I'm I'm glad I learned it, and it's interesting. Yeah. But, like, the same thing. There wasn't much mystery to anything the whole time. Gotcha. Okay. Or, like, there wasn't, like, an aha moment yeah. where you figure something out, you know? Right. That just gives you that little rush. I didn't get that, so half. So what's that? One, so two, is that three. 4.25? Yeah, 4.25. <laughs> All right. There we go. All right. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> doing some math on the, the podcast. It was a good time. I'm trying to like categorize, right? Yeah. Within, within each. Totally. Each element that we have to look at. Yeah. No, I think it's fair. And I think. And there's just like a wow factor that you got to hold back from with this movie. Because there's not really like a big wow factor ever. Right? Yeah. I mean, aside from like the actual story itself, like it's. Yeah. It's but, just like just like a really heavy story with some awesome acting and some yeah. really heavy shit. Right. Um, would you recommend the movie? Would yeah. you recommend it? I think so. Yeah, just from a history standpoint, yes. For sure. Um, For sure. If it's if it's indeed I wonder how cooked up it is. Who knows? Yeah, but and like, I I don't know the straight history of this event, but Yeah, but the way it's presented in this, it's uh it's good to learn it. Yeah, totally. And I, I liked how they intermixed, like, the real footage of the yeah. 60s and, like, the addresses and stuff. I thought that was pretty interesting, too. Well, cool. You know what? I wonder if, like, older generations see that footage and have certain reactions to it. Like, people that were alive. Oh, yeah. When that was going on, there's still people alive, right? 
play. Oh you know? yeah, dude. Like our parents. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like my a whole generation I, of folks that that would probably connect with way more than us. Like I think my mom was in elementary school when all this stuff went down. But um, she's she's told yeah, me same. a couple times that she remembers like the drills of getting under the desks for like the nuclear, yeah, you know, tests and st- like the nuclear, uh, what what would you call them? The safety <laughs> fire drill. Yeah, fire drill, nuclear drill, <laughs> nuclear Jeez. fire drill. Yeah, and so it's there's still a whole generation of people out there that remember all this stuff. Yeah, I bet there's a whole chunk of folks that get a lot more out of this than we do. Yeah, right. And even for us, it's like, holy shit. Yeah, still really heavy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I thought it's pretty solid. I think uh, we... Is it worth 20 bucks to rent? Mm, that's a better question. <laughs> I wish I could have bought it. I know, I right? don't really want to watch it again. I just, if you're paying 20 bucks, it's like, just give me the movie then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Unfortunately, that's the state of things right now. It's like 20 <laughs> bucks because it's supposed to be in a theater. But anyways, maybe maybe wait till it uh, it streams if you can. If you're looking for something new to watch, it's a uh, it's worth your time. Well, that's all I got, man. You got anything else before we head on out? No, man. Good cool. movie, kind of bad timing, I think. Bad timing. Cause there's some heavy, like award level acting in this movie for sure. Yeah, I totally. Think. Well, they'll get them next time. <laughs> the sequel. Word. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Thanks for sticking around with us again. And we will catch you on the next episode. Have a great week. Peace.